All right. We are live on Monero Talk with none other than Tone Vase. Tone, how's it going? Hey, man. How are you? Doing good. Thank you so much for doing the show. I, uh, oh, are we, are we, do we have a good connection here? Hello. Oh man, you're breaking up a little. Yeah, I have a, I have a good connection. I don't know. Let's say, hopefully that gets better. Uh, we, we had a good connection. I have no idea what happened. I think uh, we're, I think we're okay. I think we're okay now. All right. Okay. Good. All right. Uh, thanks again, Matt. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, yeah, you are freezing up a little bit. Hopefully, uh, this doesn't continue. Um, I, I met you, I guess a few weeks ago and, uh, at the magical crypto conference, you agreed to come on the show, um, or at the after party of one of those magical crypto conference events. Um, and thanks so much, man. Uh, as I told you, I think that night I was actually, uh, an early follower of tone vase. Uh, I was watching you from the early days. Uh, when I myself was a Bitcoin maximalist, um, I still watch you today. Um, I think you have a great show. I have a lot of respect for you. I think you're doing great things and spreading the message of what the true value proposition of cryptocurrency is. I think you've really uh, distilled it and you communicate it in, in a great way where, where everybody can understand it. Uh, but, you know, obviously I, I've kind of pivoted off to Monero. Um, I know I've, I've been listening to you over the years. You've, you brought up Monero here and there in the past. Uh, even recently, you've, you've brought it up, uh, given your opinions on it. And I just wanted to have you on the show to talk about it because, I mean, personally, uh, like I said, Bitcoin kind of led me to Monero once I, once I realized uh, you know, that Bitcoin was lacking the privacy and, more importantly, the fungibility aspects. And I just want to kind of get your clear opinion as to, as to why uh, you don't necessarily think um, that's vital or why perhaps maybe you do think it's vital, but you don't think Monero is the solution or is um, necessary. So, Tone, if you want to jump right in, I guess uh, if you want to just get to, get, get to it. Why, why are you not interested in Monero? Why do you think it's um, basically a worthless project? Well, uh I mean, I, I stated my reasons many times, but uh, more I'm, I'm more intrigued as to um, why you feel that Bitcoin didn't uh, fulfill your needs of what you were looking for from Bitcoin that you needed to switch to Monero. Uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, I was I was in Bitcoin for quite some time. Um, probably got in around when you did. Uh, maybe not as early, like kind of like early, late 2013, early 2014. Um, and it was the realization, which I don't know how long it took you to have, that Bitcoin was was com completely transparent. Um, obviously, you know, you read the Satoshi white paper, it's right there in your face. Uh, but I didn't really grasp the importance of that and what that really meant uh, until I started using Bitcoin actively. Um, granted, I didn't use it that much. I don't think anybody really did or really does, right? It's become more of a store of value and even then, but I, I would send it to people and I'd realize as I was sending to people, wait, not only am I sending them money, I'm also sending them a full history of my banking 
uh, on Monero. They, you know, they could see all my transactions. They could see. You mean you mean on Bitcoin? On Bitcoin. I'm sorry. When I would sit, when I would send Bitcoin, that kind of real that kind of realization happened. I realized, wait a minute, how is this going to work? How is this going to work as a currency if every time I transact with it, I'm basically uh, publishing my my transaction history to the world? Uh, even with you, actually, um, you I would notice you would have donation uh, ad addresses on your on your videos, and uh, even that that, that kind of opened my eyes. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Let me let me check out some of Tone's uh, Bitcoin addresses. You know, let me they're do. Not, they're not. They're not very. They're, they're, there's not much there. <laughs> there's not much there, but there is there is something there. There's information. Um, you know, you can see, you can see money in those addresses. Proves, you can see it them. Proves, it proves how broke I am, and no one can, and no one donates. That's all it does. <laughs> well, the, so this was my road to Monero, though, right? Realizing uh, that Bitcoin is obviously built on a transparent uh, a layer, and uh, the realization that I don't think it could ever uh, fundamentally change and become fungible at the core protocol level just because of the the politics in Bitcoin, as we saw with the adoption of SegWit and how difficult that was, uh, the block size debates, and just realizing that I don't think confidential transactions or anything like that will ever be built into the core protocol of Bitcoin. And because of that, why I they, thought- why, why, why do they have to be in the core protocol? Because the end goal is simply privacy, right? Like if, uh, if uh, more people and eventually a lot of these confidential transactions will be built into the majority of the wallets um, other than the wallets that uh, are looking not to do that, right? So basically um, any wallet, any Bitcoin wallet that cares about people's privacy will build privacy in. We're talking, you know, block a Blockstream Green, we're talking uh, maybe Bread Wallet. I'm not sure about them. I'm a little skeptical on the founders of that company. I always was. Uh, and uh, but uh, block blockchain green will definitely have it. Wasabi already has it. Samurai is going to have it uh, if they don't have it already. So there is enough wallets that care about privacy. I mean, maybe if Amir Taki and Cody Wilson were able to finish their dark wallet, which they started back in 2014, uh, we would have had this, you know, even before Monero, right? And um, but the goal is to give action transactions. Um, why does it have to be at the protocol level? Because I, th I think that's a fundamental component of what this stuff's supposed to be. So it's kind of like saying, you know, why does gold need to be fungible, right? So, I mean, why stop at fungibility? Uh, why can't you put other things on the, on the second layer at that point? Why does Bitcoin need to be decentralized at the, at the core, uh, core protocol level? I mean, why, why is fungibility? Why, you tell me, why don't you think fungibility is a core component of, of digital cash, digital gold? Um, why can it be an afterthought? Oh, we're losing video. Hello. It's not afterthought. It's just that argument as to why the underlying protocol to be fully anonymous. And that argument is because not all financial transactions need to be fungible and anonymous. Uh, for me personally, I would love to see government public money not this feature.
Nope. Hello. No, I have a feeling I should restart my computer and jump back in. Yeah? Oh, should I wait here on the chat? Um, I think so. I don't know why it's lagging. I'm pretty sure it's on my end. Okay. Uh, let me, uh, I know we're live, but, uh, th th yeah, this yeah. will probably be worth it. Uh, let me okay. very quickly just restart. Come back, back into the same link. All right. Waiting for tone. You got any questions in the, uh, in the chat here? Other than people saying it's a bad connection. People just complaining about Tone's connection. Give me some question, guys. What do you want to ask Tone regarding uh, whether or not you think uh, Bitcoin needs to be fungible at the core protocol level? No, I'm not going to ask him about price. Maybe a little bit. What was our, Right now we're discussing whether or not Bitcoin needs to be fungible at the core protocol level, or this is something that can be added uh, through other technologies on top of Bitcoin. Will Monero continue to change its algo to be ASIC resistant? Uh, well, we're adding random X, and hopefully that will maintain our ASIC resistance for quite some time. And then I believe the idea is once or if uh, random X eventually is no longer ASIC resistant, I believe. Uh, Monero will no longer try to be ASIC resistant at that point. What do I think about Grin? Uh, I don't have much of an opinion about Grin. I don't know about it well enough. Um, I don't. Uh, what I do, from my understanding is, is it's not uh, as as private as Monero. Um, it doesn't cover all the all the bases that Monero does in terms of obfuscating the sender, the receiver, and the amounts. Any other questions? Still no tone. We're going to wait patiently here. I'm not going to lose tone. Why didn't I read your comment out loud? What was your comment? Why is Tone growing his hair back? I don't know. I'll have to ask him that one. Discuss how security Bitcoin in the future is unproven. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Uh, I definitely want to bring that up. Um, the fact that you know, Monero has the tail emission, which ensures Monero security. It's not an unknown, whereas in Bitcoin, uh, it's currently an unknown. And if the the kind of the theme in Bitcoin is security first, um, why why aren't they paying attention to that or more concerned about the fact that Bitcoin security uh, isn't known for the future regarding mining. Tone Vase lost all credibility when he called Eat the Scam. If Bitcoin won't be able to implement fungibility, will it survive? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. That's uh, basically what I want. That's kind of the crux of uh, the discussion here. Okay. All right, Tone, you're back. Oh, this is so much better. 
This is good. What'd you do? What'd you change? Uh, nothing. I just, it's Windows. So all you have to do is restart. It solves all the problems. Okay. That's what the, one of the guys was saying. All right. Oh, boy. Now I need a new HDMI cable. Oh, what the fuck did I just do? Uh oh. <laughs> all right. Uh, I guess I'm working with one monitor now instead of two. Is, is Bitcoin the windows of, of cryptocurrency? <laughs> so it's like computer problems. This is my, my HDMI cable right now. Okay. Look at that. <laughs> That's what just happened. Oh, shit. Uh, I have another one in the back. Okay. It's fine. I'll do it after. Uh, but anyway. Um, okay. So uh, let's pick up where we left off, right? So I'm not... Look, I'm not saying that we had bitcoin built in that kind of privacy from the start uh one of the things that you can't have anymore is uh openness for public money um is that something you have a problem with openness for public money do i think it's a problem oh, well i think i think it should be default private default fungible with the ability to opt in for for transparency as opposed to vice versa, only because to go the opposite direction is kind of impossible. I'm with you. So my best argument as to why Monero will not succeed is, unfortunately for guys that think like you, Satoshi didn't do it that way. So you have to just live, cope with the situation and try to make the best of it. Because the problem is you can't force everyone to switch whether that's a hard fork or another currency. And that's where a lot of people don't understand that there can't be a better cryptocurrency than Bitcoin because you can't force everyone to switch. All you're going to do is create another currency for people that, ju that aren't on Bitcoin. Everyone else is scattered. Like you, you, you can't win, not to mention that you have competition like from all the other private currencies. So how come you're with Monero and you haven't jumped onto Grin or Beam or Beam? I forget which one it is. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, to answer that last question, because I, I think Monero does digital cash better than all of those. Um, and that it does have the network, uh, you know, its own network effect that's going on in terms of it having its first mover advantage there. Um, among other reasons, but I guess so. So what you're you're saying is that you're kind of getting back to well, there could only be one currency. Monero, uh, Bitcoin is the first. It has the first mover advantage and the network effect. Therefore, it's good enough. And that even though Monero fixed Bitcoin's uh, flaw of not being fungible, that we should just be okay with Bitcoin not having it because. Uh, Bitcoin is what it is, and we just have to live with it. But I mean, Bitcoin was launched as an open source technology. It's obviously been forked. It's obviously, uh, there's been many developments uh, on, you know, uh, in the space. We see, you know, obviously there's hundreds of coins, if not thousands of projects. So why, why are you... Uh, why why are you so against there being uh, other projects that are kind of filling the void uh, for what Bitcoin has done wrong? Why, why are you against that concept? Um, that's actually a great question. And um, I will show you the answer right now. If I didn't have so many freaking tabs. Here we go. I'm just going to do a quick screen share. 
Um, this is why, uh, because Monero is down 80% versus Bitcoin uh, since 2017. Now, I know I'm cherry picking the high. Uh, I understand that. But uh, my view is this. People can develop anything they like. Bitcoin is open source. You can, you know, but, what, but the reason why Bitcoin is open source is not so Bitcoin can be copied and replicated for other money. The reason why it's open source is so that A, uh, people can see the code and uh, it's fully transparent. So you know that uh, there's no back doors and there's no, uh, you know, Trojan horses in Bitcoin. And the other reason why it's open source is so that anyone can contribute and help make Bitcoin better. But instead of people contributing and, help and making Bitcoin better, they decide to get rich by creating their own money. Uh, and my, it's not that I'm against uh, people's creativity. What I am here to educate on is that by holding on to Monero or any other crypto, over time, you will continue to lose money versus Bitcoin. You may be making money versus the US dollar, you may be making money versus gold, uh, but you will be losing money versus Bitcoin. My view is that Bitcoin dominance may or may not get to 99% again. I have no idea. But I am 100% confident that Bitcoin's dominance versus any individual, uh, well, I don't think they're competitors, but they think they're competitors, right? So Bitcoin's dominance versus Ethereum will get bigger. Bitcoin's dominance versus Monero will get bigger. Bitcoin's dominance versus Litecoin will get bigger. It doesn't mean that Litecoin can't be $1,000 one day. But when Litecoin is, if Litecoin does get to $1,000, Bitcoin is going to be pushing a million, right? So versus Bitcoin, these alternatives will always lose money because they're not competing with Bitcoin for store of value. And if they're not competing with Bitcoin for store of value, the only thing they're good for is, you know, short-term usage. It's kind of like if you go to some country like India, uh, the last thing you want to do is leave India with Indian rupees in your pocket or, you know, the Philippines or Vietnam or any other country. Uh, that's because you'd rather leave that country with dollars. The only reason why you, why I still have like a hundred different fiat paper currencies in my in my apartment is for two reasons. One, sometimes I'm lazy to convert it back, uh, not a smart financial decision. And two, because I kind of travel so much and the airport rates are so outrageous that sometimes I want to have taxi money when I come back to that country, even if I know that currency will probably lose 10% against the dollar between the, the time I'm leaving and the time I'm coming back. But if it's so simple to convert between them, it, it, it's absolutely insane to hold anything in Monero other than using it for that one transaction. And unless yeah, that but, one but, but why, why, why would people be using it for that one transaction? Because it's fulfilling a use case, which is digital cash and essentially digital gold. So you're, you're saying that only Bitcoin can be a store of value. 
But why? Especially considering it lacks a fundamental quality of gold, which is fungibility. So you have this competitor that's different in many different ways. So one of the ways is it's fungible at the core protocol level. So I put that in the plus column. That's a comparison that could be made to Bitcoin saying, all right, you have Bitcoin. It's not fungible. Everybody's saying it's digital gold. But then you have this other thing that's actually more similar to gold. Uh, then you have things like the tail emission, which in ensures the security of Monero in the future. Um, I don't know what your opinion is there, but I know a lot of the narrative of Bitcoin as well. We, we put security first, which is why we're not even so uh, concerned about privacy because we're more concerned about security. Yet the, the future of Bitcoin security is a little more unknown compared to Monero's where we know that coins will always be mined and miners will always mine. So there, there are these differences, right? It's, it's certainly not a copy of, of Bitcoin like Litecoin is. It has some fundamental differences and its differences are, are, are such that it kind of moves it to closer towards being digital gold. So why can't Monero one day act as a store of value if it's not already i mean it's only five years old it's gone up in price quite a bit against the dollar uh it's gone up against bitcoin as well i know currently it's going down but that's kind of like looking at bitcoin during a bear market and being like you know peter schiff and saying it's, it's failing because it's going to, currently going down against the dollar so it's kind of a, a, a you're kind of making a similar argument there you can't you can't just look at one slice of time overall the trend has been up against the dollar and the trend has been up against Bitcoin. No, but, but I'm projecting that the trend will keep going down against Bitcoin. Like it's not, um, I understand that right now the price of Monero versus Bitcoin is higher than it was in early 2016. Uh, but I'm saying that relationship will not last. I'm saying that Monero will continue to depreciate against Bitcoin, which will cause severe problems for Monero because less people would trust it. But and, what, the and the problem with uh, Monero taking over the store of value property is because if Monero does take over the store of value property, then the store of value property was never cherished by cryptocurrency. And the store of value property actually doesn't exist. Uh, let me. Let, but, that, but, but isn't that assuming the experiment? So do you assume that the experiment is over? I mean, in the early days of Bitcoin, you know, you know, when we got involved in it, it was always the, the disclaimer was always this is an experiment, right? So when, when did we stop calling it an experiment and start calling Bitcoin a store of value, the Bitcoin standard? I think you think, don't you think it's a little too soon to kind of conclude that we've already arrived? No, it's not. Um, here, here's another example as to why. Um, let's, say, um, let, let's say around 1995, someone came up with internet with privacy at the TCP IP layer which we both know is lacking, agreed? Mm -hmm. Right. So the, the underlying core of the internet doesn't have any privacy, which something that the early engineers of the internet really, really upset about today because they knew they had to, you know, give us that privacy layer. They thought it could be something that they can add on top uh, from what I've heard. And uh, they didn't take it very seriously. And now we all kind of got screwed. Uh, why do you think, let's say um, other engineers said, we're going to make a copy of the internet and we're going to make it better. Uh, we're going to have privacy by default. It's going to be a little faster. Everything will be better. Um, I believe the world would not have switched. And here's why. The problem in 1995 
probably in 1991 or 92. Once people started purchasing dot-coms, it was over. The internet as we know today is not going anywhere because if you give the most perfect internet to the world tomorrow, you really think amazon.com is going to go and move their entire operation to a different internet. And at which point do you expect the people uh, in charge of amazon.com to go and secure amazon.x on a better internet? Are they doing it three times a day because there is a new competitor to the internet coming out every day? That's not a good use of their time. Other than that, it's not going to be decentralized because then if you actually want to migrate the entire internet to a better private and faster internet, you better secure every single .com and give people a chance to get them on your new internet. But now it's not exactly decentralized now, is it? Like, and this is the challenge. The problem is there are, I'm not even, I don't even have that many Bitcoin. There are people with way more Bitcoin than me. But I tell you what, I'm not switching to Monero or any other coin. So that means is if there is a flippening and some other old coin becomes store of value, I am now broke. I will never buy that coin because I won't have any money. My Bitcoins will go to zero. I will not have money to buy the competitor to Bitcoin. And I will never treat it as a store of value for the rest of my life. My kids might, but not me. I will never trust it. And there are people that have a hundred times, a thousand times more Bitcoin than I do that are in the same boat. Okay. I mean, so there's, a, there's a lot to say there. I mean, one, we're, we're, we're assuming that there, there will only be one to rule them all, which I don't necessarily agree with. Um, I don't think it's a perfect analogy to, you know, the, the internet oh, protocol. Well, why don't you, how come you don't agree with that? Because for the last thousand years, there has always been just one world reserve currency. Uh, well, there's multiple. There's obviously multiple currencies around the world. There's multiple ways of transacting value. You know, diamonds are valuable. Gold right, is but valuable. They're all, they're all, but they're all transactional, right? Like people transact in the euro. Uh, I mean, if you live in Europe, you're saving in Europe uh, in euros, uh, which I think is dangerous because I think that currency is going to break up, and that currency is only what 20 years old now. Right, but it but it does exist. It currently does exist, and just the mere fact that Monero currently exists side by side with Bitcoin today is is evidence that that these things can coexist. They currently do coexist. So it's a more extreme view to say that only Bitcoin will exist because you're basically trying to predict the future and saying, despite the fact that thousands of these things exist today, only one will exist in the future, well, no, no, no. which they is which is possible, but it's certainly a more extreme view. And it's trying to make a prediction based on what the internet did. And the internet was quite different. I mean, we, we weren't on YouTube debating what the protocol would be. Granted, I'm sure there was there were, there were obviously debates among people at MIT and whatever, and they were, they were talking about it, but it was not nearly as debated as this is because most importantly, because there was no money behind it, right? So there are there is money behind this and there's communities. It's kind of more akin to, I think, languages, right? Um, so there's obviously different, different languages coexist. Uh, we're, we're not all speaking English. Uh, we all have our communities and we're kind of all entrenched in them. So I don't know. I feel like right, people are kind of getting think, entrenched in their crypto do communities. Think, do you think that's efficient? Do, do, 
don't you think the world would be better if everyone were able to communicate uh, in the same language? I'm not saying it has to be English, but if everyone had a way of communicating with each other uh, without translators or without miscommunication, I mean, man, if I travel so much. If I tell you how much time I waste because I can't speak the language, that is grossly inefficient. Uh, yeah, no, I certainly think ideally that would be great, but that's not the case because humans are tribal and because that's just the way humans work on a sociological level. And this has a lot of those elements to it, right? People are adopting their own currencies. Now, I think most of them are going to fail, if not, but I think there will be one or two that survive. And then getting back to whether or not it's Bitcoin or Monero, it's really hard to say, but what, 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 what I don't understand from you, I guess, is given everything you say, you obviously understand this technology very well in terms of what its value proposition is, you know, the fact that it's censorship resistant, that what, you know, it's, it's not about creating the next Venmo. It's about creating a peer-to-peer -peer system for transferring value uh, that can't be censored. So given all that, why wouldn't you um, at least... Uh, be excited about the fact that Monero has made an improvement upon Bitcoin where it, where it vitally lacks something. Why wouldn't you support that improvement? Why try to kill it off uh, when Bitcoin lacks it? Uh, because I would be diluting people out of their savings, which is, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to be responsible. I'm trying to be responsible for my audience. So I can't tell them... Um, oh, I think Monero is interesting. I'm going to hold a little bit of Monero because then a thousand people might run out and buy a bunch of Monero. And then it's not that I don't have enough trolls on my channel, uh, but eventually uh, my view is this, Monero will depreciate against Bitcoin. So I would basically be diluting people's savings. It's hard enough for me to convince people to buy into Bitcoin. Uh, the problem is that if, if I'm going to take the challenge in trying to get people to accept cryptocurrency, I need to put them in a cryptocurrency that I believe is going to appreciate in value and give these people a reason to stay in the currency. And I don't see that from Monero. Uh, I see that the, there was a big hype bubble in 2016 and 2017 that, that where a lot of these altcoins went severely up in value. And I don't think that's going to happen again. I think over the next 10 years, Bitcoin will continue to rise over the next 10 years uh, and the old coins are going to continue to fall versus Bitcoin over the next 10 years. So I can't like if you're going to trade it, that's great. Uh, if you're going to trade it, that's great. But what you want me to admit to is that someone has a better technology than Google and they're going to take them over. And I have 100 choices over which company that's going to be that's going to take over Google. And I don't believe any of them will. And if one of them will, then I'm happy to lose all of my money. But I will stick with Google not having competitors. Okay. So do you, do you think so you don't think these things should be fungible at the core protocol level? If you if you could if you could own if you, my, if you could my, go back in time, let's wait, let's just do it just a hypothetical. If you could kind of go back in time and, and make Bitcoin fungible at the core protocol level, would you? Would you rather own a million dollars of Bitcoin that's sitting on a transparent ledger for the entire world to see? 
or own a million dollars of Bitcoin that can't be seen by anyone, that's in a black box that you could transfer to anyone anywhere in the world? Which one do you think is, is more right. ideal will, and valuable? I will answer your question. Uh, but before I answer the question, I will say that my opinion on this is irrelevant. Uh, but I will answer it. My opinion on this is irrelevant, just like my opinion tone. Do you think a two megabyte block is better than a one megabyte block? And my answer is, my opinion to this is irrelevant because we can't move to a two megabyte block without a hard fork and we can't have a hard fork. So the same answer applies. Uh, I will give my answer, but my answer is irrelevant because Satoshi did it this way and we're going to be stuck with it. But do I think it would have been better? It probably would have been better, but not drastically by much, right? Like the achievement that Bitcoin itself did with the way it did it, right? If it also had core level privacy like Monero, it would have made Bitcoin maybe 5% better than it already was, right? So the additional uh, improvement, yes. Would it be better? Yes. Would it be significantly better? Uh, I don't think so. Granted, some people, less people probably would have gotten arrested up to this point, but you don't know what would not have happened, right? Like we, we have the hindsight of what actually happened. Uh, I also say people like blame the Fed for everything. The Federal Reserve started in 2013. And my answer to that is look at all the technology we have developed since, since 1913, the creation of the Federal Reserve. How do you know we would have the internet today if it wasn't for the Fed and easy money? Uh, the thing is, you don't know. So had Bitcoin had this kind of privacy by default, maybe more people would have gotten arrested. Uh, maybe the government would have cracked down even harder if they didn't have that ability to track Bitcoin and arrest some people. Uh, because contrary to us hating the government, uh, and I'm with you, they do a lot of bad things. Uh, but in my discussions with the people that actually go out and arrest people that are involved in crypto transactions, they're pretty much focused on like the dangerous stuff. Like they're not really out there uh, trying to arrest a guy that's selling marijuana on the dark web. They're going out there and actually trying to arrest a guy that's selling uh, hard stuff that has evidence that they actually killed somebody. Uh, so they are focused on uh, the, the, the bad stuff, not necessarily the little things. Now, sure, would it be better if Bitcoin transactions were fully private from the start? Yes, it would have been better, but moving to something like Monero or any other privacy currency, the risk of destroying store of value across all cryptocurrencies is too great. And it's a risk I am not willing to take. So we're stuck with what we have. Mm. I mean, but, but the, the, the concept of money has already been proven. We know that people have this ability to have this, this shared idea of what money is. So if, if Bitcoin is destroyed, that's not going to go away. People will have a shared vision of something else that equals money, right? We're, we're moving from fiat to, to Bitcoin. The fact that we're moving away from fiat doesn't destroy the concept of money. Money will now still exist. It will just be in the form of cryptocurrency. So I don't see why moving away from Bitcoin into 
uh, Monero would destroy the concept of money and people would no longer be able to trust in money. It's the same as moving away from gold well, to digital gold. How do I how do I know that moving all of my Bitcoin into Monero and I'm not about, you know, diversifying here like that's not gonna happen like i'm not gonna split my i'm not gonna be dealing with security of uh, it's hard enough for me to deal with bitcoin security um i'm not gonna be dealing with security for eight different coins right so either i gotta pick i gotta pick one uh so if i move everything to monero how do i know when it's time for me to move from monero to something better and how do you know that bean and grin aren't better right your argument is that monero has uh, uh, a first mover advantage on Monero's competitors. And uh, okay, but that's my argument for Bitcoin. Right. But ultimately, my argument is we're still in the early days. We're only 10 years out. And so to be able to rely on the fact that one is going to win because it was the first mover, I think is a, is a little a little naive. I mean, and it's, and it's convenient. It would be nice. Uh, but that's just not the way technology traditionally works, uh, well, let right? Me, let me throw something else at you. How we all know Facebook is crap, right? They they watch everything you do. Uh, everyone hates Facebook. Why is everyone still on Facebook? Yeah, network effect. But it, it destroyed other ones that had the network effect. There was MySpace first, right? But it, but it didn't cost you anything to move over. Of course it I, did. I, I, I may have had my whole social network on MySpace, and now I had to move over to a new one, recreate that social network on, right, on the new one. But you didn't have to, uh, you know, uh, you, um, financially, it didn't cost you anything. Well, it it cost me time, and it cost my ability. Right. You know, there was risk that I wouldn't have had. So but, there, but there were life, costs. But, right, there but, were your costs. Life, but your life savings weren't at risk. No, right. Obviously, the cost is higher here. It has a larger. Right. It has a larger network effect. But to the point where you think it's going to make it impossible for people to move over. I mean, I'm a perfect example. I did move over. I moved over to Monero. I did it. I so it, I didn't. I didn't. You know. Do you wanna? I didn't uh, disappear do, do wanna, when it happened. Do, do you want to tell your audience when you moved over to Monero? Uh, I moved over in like in phases. You know, in phases. So yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think I need to give. Uh, I guess it was about two years ago, maybe. Um, I don't. I I honestly don't even know the exact date. Um, but so, yeah, why? Uh, what, what would be the so point there? You think, so, uh, what's your percent holdings of uh, Bitcoin versus Monero? I'm uh, obviously I've never I've never had a single piece of Monero. Like I've never had any Monero at any point. Uh, because actually back then, like you couldn't even have a, like, you, I don't even know where the wallet was. Like I've even had some multi-coin wallets that I don't even like, but so I've never had Monero. So what is your crypto portfolio by percentage looking like? Well, unfortunately I lost all my keys in a boating accident, but of course, no, well, I'm, uh, well, I'm, I'm well, pretty well, much a hundred percent Monero. I'm a hundred percent Monero. Right. By percentage, you could be, you, you only have $1 worth of Monero, but it's a hundred percent. You're right, in Monero. Right. <laughs> Hundred percent of Monero. I have a dollar of Monero. You don't have any other crypto. No Ethereum. No Litecoin. No, no. Bitcoin. No nothing. Hundred percent no. Monero. Yeah, I've never. Uh, I, I I think I even talked to you about this the that time when I did call you up for your consulting service, and it was like point one Bitcoin at the time. I think a Bitcoin was I don't know three hundred bucks, or I I don't really recall what that date was. But that was oh that was when Litecoin was adopting Segwit, 
And I saw it as an opportunity, not that I believed in Litecoin at all. Uh, I think there's your perfect example of a useless uh, uh, you know, coin. It's just purely a test net for Bitcoin. I really don't see any use for it at all. But I saw it as a, as a quick little opportunity. Here's something that's obviously going to pump. Maybe I could, I could acquire more Bitcoin. Uh, so that was the only time I kind of dabbled in other coins. Um, actually, what when I originally got into crypto, the first coin I ever bought was actually Dogecoin before mm -hmm. I even understood what any of this stuff was. It was when Dogecoin first launched. And uh, I was like, oh, here's an opportunity to maybe like 10x my money without understanding the technology at all. I put $50 into Dogecoin and I woke up the next day on Christmas morning and all my Doge was gone because I Whoa. had stored it on an online wallet. Oh, and I was boy. like, wow, there's no way this is how cryptocurrency works. This is like, this is, this is what people are doing. They're just getting their money stolen left and right. So then obviously I, that's when I went down the rabbit hole, start to understand what the tech is and how it works. And that's what led me to Bitcoin. And eventually to Monero, when I realized it has the shortcomings in terms of coins being able to be tainted and blacklisted. I mean, that's what I, I, I ultimately, what I see this as is Monero has, has a, a, an advantage in being the most seamless, fluid way to transfer value because every unit of it equals every other unit. Uh, you know, when I when I give you a dollar, you there's no question as to whether where that dollar came from. When I pay you a hundred bucks cash, you don't have to stop and think where did this hundred dollars come from. If I if I send you Bitcoin, unfortunately, you do have to think about that. Um, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's a, it's a good property. And this property needs to be replicated as a second layer solution because that's the only option I see uh, for the space. Now, going back to your Litecoin example for a second, I have no problem with that. You know, you saw a, uh, you saw a reasonable trade. Uh, you knew Litecoin wasn't that important. Uh, you decided to you know capitalize and become wealthier, and you did. So my question goes back to um, since. Uh, maybe you still have those old Bitcoin wallets and exercise for you for the week is to find out what was the average price of Bitcoin to Monero when you finally completed it. So let's say you've moved in three stages, right? So you moved your Bitcoin to Monero, uh, let's say late 2016, the first time, you know, mid 2017, try to find that best average price uh the uh the volume weighted average of when you moved over to monero and i want you to keep an eye on that over time and and then you i'm hoping you will realize that this little thing well it's not really little right but this fungibility aspect may be great but how much is it worth to you if it's costing you let's say five to ten percent per year uh, because that's how much I see Monero depreciating against Bitcoin over the long term. Mm. Yeah, no, obviously it's it's worth a lot to me. And I, I've made the philosophical decision of not really even caring so much about the price and the difference. Um, I really am into it for the fundamentals. And I think the technology is for um, kind of keeping people uh, liberated as we transition into the digital world, right? So as everything moves over into this digital realm, there's this fear that there's gonna be this, this mass surveillance, right? And it's very real. We're already seeing it with Facebook, we're seeing it with other things. 
And now we have everybody porting over to what is potentially the great savior, which is Bitcoin, but which could also be the, the great dystopia that we're all worried about. So where everyone's transactions are now uh, tracked to, to such a degree that every, everyone's uh, value can be uh, surveilled, not even their, their social networks. So I kind of made that decision that I thought that fungibility was critical to this and that I honestly don't want to be a part of the technology if that's what it's not about, because I think that's why it was invented. And I think that's what we need to strive to to fulfill. Now, if if you told me Bitcoin was going to adopt uh, confidential transactions at the protocol level, I'd be very interested in but that. But it can't. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I want to tell you that. I want to bullshit and tell you that. But the, the problem is that it can't. It can't adopt it at the protocol level for the same reason it couldn't adopt a two megabyte block at the protocol level. And while at the time, I thought that two megabyte blocks uh, probably would have been a good idea, but I also knew that just because I think it's a good idea, it doesn't mean it's possible. Like it's, uh, uh, there are things that are good ideas, right? Like uh, uh, free renewable solar energy is a good idea. The thing is nobody can do it yet, right? And maybe they'll never will. Maybe they will. Who knows, right? So there are things that I think is a good idea. There's also things that can and can't be done. And unfortunately, you can't have privacy at the protocol level without a hard fork. And you can't have a hard fork, as was proven with the block debate. Now, in hindsight, even though at the time, I thought that if we had the ability to go to a two megabyte block, we should have. In hindsight, I realized that even that was a bad idea. So this is where Tone Vase was very, very wrong, because if you look at my videos from like 2015 or something like that, where I say where the block debate had already started because of Gavin and Dreesen, because for some God knows what reason. And um, so I, I thought that, hey, if they can go to a two megabyte block, that's probably a good idea. Now I'm with Luke Dash Jr. Shit, how soon can we lower the one megabyte block size to 256? Uh, because... Uh, science has shown me, uh, computer science has shown me that one of the most important things we have is decentralization. And we need to keep the block, the cumulative size of the blockchain in Bitcoin as small as possible to encourage more node creation, uh, which means that eventually a one megabyte block is going to run us into trouble uh, because it will be hard to create a node in about 20 years. So why don't you think fungibility is, is, is as important as decentralization? I, that, that, that's actually a really good question. If I had to rank them, I think that decentralization is way more important. U.S. dollars. Well, it's, it's just a means to an end, right? So you believe, what, what do you believe as being the value proposition of this stuff? I know I've said you, you've conveyed it very well, but let, let's, let me sure. hear it again in, uh, in short. Sure. Um, ooh, can I, get a, can I put up a slide? Sure. Hold on. I'm the screen share. I have this. I have a presentation on this. Hmm. Hold on. Uh, application uh, here. We're going to go, and you kids can Google this at home. Uh, Prezi, town base, Bitcoin value proposition. Boom. It's time for me to make a new presentation. I've done this one too many times. Yeah, you can find it. Um, 
on my YouTube channel. Oh, actually, it's better to look for it on the Unconfiscatable Conference YouTube channel. Uh, that's where it's at. All right, we're going to fast forward to somewhere in the middle. Ah, perfect. Let's back up a couple of slides. There it is. Okay, so the core uh, principle, the core values of Bitcoin to me are unconfiscatability, uh, it being uncensorable, and it being uninflatable. Now, let's also remember Monero will does not have a finite supply, right? Uh, Monero will always have X amount of coins per block to infinity, right? Right, but it's it's a fixed emission. It's not an unknown amount. Yeah, yeah no, I'm actually okay with that. Um, I actually think Bitcoin might have been better served if it did it that way. Uh, but it is what it is. We have 21 million Bitcoin. Why uh, do you think Bitcoin would be better served? Just for the security reasons? Uh, security and probably economic a little bit. You know, uh, I, I like miners being rewarded for their work. And I hate the shocks. I hate the halvings. Uh, like the halvings are not good for economic reasons. Uh, I think they're terrible. So a better way to do it would have been even if Bitcoin wanted to have a 21 uh, million finite supply, a better way to do it, I know it would have been hard in computer science terms, but instead of having these halvings, like maybe every two weeks as the, as because uh, every two weeks, uh, the difficulty adjusts. So maybe every two weeks, the reward goes down a little bit consistently. So that's every basically, weeks, yeah, that's basically what Monero does. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't step. It's a smooth curve. Yeah. Now it could, uh, it could be a finite supply, or it could have been, you know, fifty Bitcoin per block into infinity. Because what's another fifty Bitcoin, you know, fifty years from now, uh, the, the stock to flow still would have been very, very good. Now the argument to that is, and Safety made this argument in that uh, if Bitcoin didn't make it gold-like then somebody else would have done that property and that coin could have taken over Bitcoin. And uh, again, I don't see it that way. I think uh, it's not that Bitcoin has a first mover advantage. It's just that the first two years of Bitcoin are not replicatable. And because of that, Bitcoin is the most decentralized. Not only is it decentralized from you know, the protocol level, it's also the most widespread uh, cryptocurrency. So uh, my, my problem with going into Monero or going into Litecoin is that I think there are individual people that have an unreasonably high amount of Monero or Litecoin. And why in Bitcoin, minute, why? I think it's more spread out. Yeah. I have no evidence of this, by the way. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that's the case. I have no evidence otherwise other, as well. But I mean, from everything I've researched, it was a, it was a very fair launch uh, it, it forked off a coin that wasn't fairly launched, uh, but it, the birth itself of Monero was a fair launch. I see no reason why uh, the distribution would be any less fair well, I'll than, tell you. than Bitcoins. I'll tell, I'll tell you why. Um, because it's not always, a, I mean, the, look, fair launch is good. I always said Monero is like one of the most honest projects we have. Uh, fair launch is great. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to give you points for doing something you're supposed to do, right? Like, Of course. Uh, fair launch is great. Here's the problem. Uh, a year or two into Bitcoin's life, people still, not everybody, but a fair amount of people still did not 
you know, respect Bitcoin enough to believe in it for the long term, nor that people buy into Bitcoin in its first year with a full expectation of appreciation in its price. Everything since Bitcoin always had a component that uh, fails that Howey test component, right? Like, did you buy into it with the expectation of profit due to the efforts of others? Now, uh, even Monero can claim can well. I I, I kind of agree with Monero. Monero has a you know a good fight. Like for example, if the SEC decided to call Monero a security, it would be an interesting court battle uh, whether uh, the efforts of others in building the Monero protocol resulted in people's expectation of profiting from holding Monero. Uh, it would be a good argument. I don't see why it would be any different than Bitcoin, though. I mean, it, it was launched anonymous. The, the white paper was launched by an anonymous person. I don't, I'm failing to see uh, why it would be more of a security potentially than, than Bitcoin. Because I think Bitcoin development is completely more spread out, right? Um, I think that uh, yeah. someone like Fluffy Pony has taken the mantle, uh, whether he likes it or not, he does and, very, very small amount of the actual development. Uh, he's basically just a steward. He's um, there's there's a lot of other coders that have contributed a, a lot more than Fluffy in terms of actual code, and uh, a large percentage of, of them are actually still anonymous to this day, which I think is kind of a a, a check in the decentralized column as well. Uh, perhaps, but let's just say that perception isn't always reality, right? So. Uh, a fluffy pony is, and I like him. I like Fluffy. I saw him the other day. I saw him in San Francisco, right? But if uh, we're again, we're talking about the government here, right? The government may not understand this. Uh, fluffy pony, whether he likes it or not, whether you like it or not, whether other developers like it or not, is the face of Monero the way Vitalik is the face of Ethereum. Now, now. I'm sure Vitalik doesn't code anything for Ethereum anymore, but he's still responsible for it. I mean, uh, Ethereum was literally launched by Vitalik. Monero was not launched by Fluffy. There's a, there's a tremendous difference there. Um, Litecoin was was launched by Charlie Lee. Agreed. Uh, Fluffy Pony is just a contributor that started that contributed early on, similar to Hal Finney or any of these other guys that contributed early on to Bitcoin. So. Uh, the fact that he is a uh, uh, well-known is just because he's he's a charismatic guy that obviously believes in this stuff. But I mean, at that point, you're starting to implicate a lot of the early Bitcoin developers as well. Right, but everyone knows that they're not the face of Bitcoin, right? That, that's, that's what I mean about perception. Uh, there's reality and there's perception. Uh, but yeah, but these are my key properties because the question was, what are my key properties? Are these? So yeah, when I when I look at those and those, uh, well, I guess I can't see the slide when I'm talking. So what when when we look at those, what where where is Monero uh, falling short on those? If anything, I see Monero being more unconfiscatable, more censorship resistant, and more fungible. Uh, no, no, it's not. Um, unconfiscatable has to is 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 equal, right? I mean you. Uh, in fact, uh, but, but if, if I don't know how much Monero you have, that's kind of the first step in trying to confiscate something is knowing that somebody even has it. So they're both secure in that. Obviously, you need the private keys. So Bitcoin is no more secure in that respect. Yet 
I know you have it. So if I know you have it, I could try to, I could come to your house uh, with a wrench or a gun and say, give me your private keys. If I don't know you have it, how do I confiscate it? So isn't that kind of a, is it Monero even more unconfiscatable? I wouldn't say more. I mean, it's harder to find you, but as far as unconfiscatability, that's a, that's a technical feature. That's the same, right? It's my private keys and uh, no one can, uh, can do it. Uh, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say more, uh, but yeah, you're right. Uh, you are harder to find, uh, whether you're holding Monero or not. Uh, right. Again, if, if, you, if you know that somebody has $10 million worth of Bitcoin, uh, he's at risk of that but Bitcoin again, being double, confiscated. But again, double-edged sword. I also don't know if someone is out there has 55% of all the Monero tokens. Right. And but it, I don't see that on your list as being, you know, unconfiscated. Being unconfiscatable is, a, is probably the highest thing on your list, right? It is. And, and censorship resistant. So here's another technology that, if anything, is doing those things better. Yes, maybe it comes with this side effect of not knowing, uh, you know, that fluffy pony, how much Monero Fluffy Pony has. But isn't that worth the fact that you're improving the actual technology? I guess, but because Monero is late to the game. I'm not interested in buying into something where one person may have 55% of. When you say late to the game though, like when, how much was Bitcoin when you first bought it? Was it, we're talking cents, dollars? Oh, I'm, I'm talking about distributed around the world uh, as far as people owning it late to the game, not, finding, not, not how much each token was worth. Okay, but I'm saying like you could potentially own more Monero than you own Bitcoin right now, right? By, by percentage around the world. Yeah. Probably, which is again, something I don't want, right? Like I'm not in this to get rich. I'm in this to help change the world. And uh, I, I know a lot of people will disagree with this the statement, but uh, like, I'm not interested in trying to convince everyone in my followers uh, to move to an altcoin so I can get more rich off that altcoin. Uh, I don't think the altcoin is gonna succeed, which is why I'm not in. Right. And I, and I agree with you there. Um, but then when we look at the fundamentals of why you believe Bitcoin is important and we break them down and then compare it to Monero, Monero seems to do a lot of these core elements better than Bitcoin. Uh, like you said, I guess the biggest difference is the fact that it's not capped, which you yourself said might even be potentially a problem for Bitcoin, uh, given that it's unknown how secure Bitcoin will be. Uh, for mining in the future and if we're trying to make the analogy to gold i mean gold itself isn't purely capped there's always mining that's happening right it's just at a smaller and smaller rate we're never going to hit the, the point where all the gold has been mined from the earth um so that's that's really the one difference is the capped versus not being capped and if anything there's there's great advantages to to not being capped for these security reasons we're talking about well, here's your, um, look, fungibility is on my list. It's right there, fungibility and privacy. And it's something that is improving. Schnorr, Bulletproofs, Tumblebit, CoinJoin. I mean, uh, all of these things are coming. Uh, Lightning Network, Liquid Sidechain. They should all both be in this fungibility privacy uh, list as well. I kind of run out of space. And, uh, but look, Bitcoin struggles with price volatility and coin security. And no matter how you slice it, Monero will always be more volatile than Bitcoin, especially if you think that it's going to overtake Bitcoin. It's going to be even more volatile, right? That would delay people's adoption of cryptocurrency even more. 
price volatility is a problem. This is where, you know, the Noriel Rubinis have a big argument. You know, um, how can Bitcoin ever be a currency? Look how volatile it is. We just saw Bitcoin, you know, fall, uh, you know, it went up 300% in a matter of months and it just fell 30% in a matter of days, right? Volatility continues to be a problem. And I agree, volatility is a big problem uh, because as long as Bitcoin is this volatile, even if it's increasing volatility, even, even if the price rises over time, if it continues to be this volatile, it's crazy to adopt it as a currency. And the old coins have an even bigger problem with this. And if one of them overtakes Bitcoin, it becomes an even bigger problem because then everyone's going to worry that something will overtake it. Yeah, I mean, for you, it all goes back to the network effect and that you, you think because there's the first mover, nothing else could exist because then it disqualifies the whole concept of cryptocurrency in the first place. Is basically and Satoshi realized that. I mean, here's a quote from 2010. Thank you, Seyfedean, for finding it. The nature of Bitcoin is such that once version 0.1 was released, the core design was set in stone for the rest of its lifetime. And people that keep creating altcoins clearly have not read nor understood that one little sentence. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would have to see that in context. I mean, Satoshi himself even kind of alluded to the fact that Bitcoin was lacking in terms of its fungibility. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that Satoshi said. Um, I don't see, you know, why it becomes a law of nature that if Bitcoin exists, no other crypto can exist. Um, I understand. You know, I, I know Seyfedean tried to make those arguments in his in his book, but then I always go back to, well, what chapter did he talk about fungibility? Because gold is most certainly fungible. So I don't see why we were all going to port over to the protocol that actually doesn't mimic gold. Well, right, but, but here's the thing, right? Then, then why aren't people using gold? I mean, fungibility is clearly not that important to the majority of people. I know it's important to you. And um, a lot of these privacy concerns, you know, they were important to me as well. But ignore, uh, ignoring privacy, don't you think it's important for the technology? I mean, you have it in your list. We talk about censorship resistant. We talk about things being unconfiscatable. We talk about the fact that the whole point of this stuff is that it's supposed to mimic gold or cash before the digital world. How, how is that just not vital to what it needs to be? It doesn't. I'm with, look, I'm with you. Privacy is important, and yet I have a Facebook account and a YouTube account. And no, no, just fungibility. Forget privacy. Fungibility. Where one unit equals every other unit. Doesn't that shouldn't shouldn't oh, the protocol? Like I, said, I wish I wish I wish we can go back in time and tell Satoshi to launch it a different way, right? But uh, but that's how he launched it, and we have to do the best we can uh, by building privacy as a second layer solution as soon as possible before we end up in the same situation that the internet did, uh, you know, where not only did they not have privacy by default in the internet, they also took so long to give it to us as a second layer solution that it was never done. You know, maybe if there was more, uh, I mean, maybe if there was a second layer solution privacy on the internet, even if they couldn't get it into the uh, into the main layer as a second layer, maybe Facebook launches with privacy from the start and we have a better internet experience, right? But well, that, that's what that's what Monero is doing. It's launching with with these elements from the start and we're and it only launched a few years after Bitcoin. We're not, you know, so it, it's kind of doing exactly what you want to be done. 
That's, um, always, that's the thing. Like, you're never gonna convince me to move my life savings to Monero. Not even two percent of it. Right? Yeah, and I don't think I don't think that would be wise to do. Even you know, I'm I'm obviously an idealist here, but shouldn't you at least kind of give it the benefit of the doubt and properly communicate it? I mean, you have almost a hundred thousand subscribers. You're extremely mm-hmm. influential in the space. Like I said, I have I have a ton of respect for you. I've uh, I've watched you grown over the years. Um, but don't you think you should kind of be responsible for that large subscribership and kind of convey the truth and and have what your ideals match your actions? I mean, you obviously believe. I do. Right. So then, but why is Monero kind of cast aside? You say it's an honest project. You say all these things are important, but then you compare it to the Venezuela Petro, which is like, like credibility is kind of lost there, right? It's obviously not, a, there's no comparison between you know, Monero and the Venezuelan Petro, or to say that Bitcoin is actually more private than Monero. I've heard you say that. So then it's like, then I just feel like at that point, you're just bashing Monero. Well, it becomes more private because a lot less people use Monero. So if five people use Monero, it doesn't matter if your transactions are private. It's easy to find the five people using Monero. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, more than five people use Monero, and I agree. But obviously, the, the larger the anonymy set, the the greater it's going to be. But it's still it's still light years ahead of Bitcoin in terms of its its privacy. I mean, if you were going to accept, you know, if you were going to buy something uh, illegal today, and let's not see, it doesn't have to be drugs. Maybe it's something that morally shouldn't be uh, uh, illegal. Uh, would you use Monero or would you use Bitcoin? I mean, you're, you're, you're a smart, you're a smart New Yorker, you know, you, you know, you know how things think the real world works. You would really, you would choose Bitcoin. I would, I would take precautions. I would, uh, I would utilize Wasabi wallet. I would utilize other precautions. I would learn the liquid network, probably move my Bitcoin to the liquid network, move them, uh, turn them into liquid Bitcoin, move them out of, uh, I mean, the Bitcoin already has sufficient privacy. Uh, it's just a little cumbersome to use. But for me, it's better to, how am I even going to convert my Bitcoin to Monero, right? I don't have any exchange accounts and all of them will know who I am. Yeah, they know who you are, just like your bank knows who you are when you take out cash, but they don't know what you do with it after you get that cash. No, but 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 I don't want people to know that I even like converted to Monero because I think that creates a red flag. And so, I'm also not interested wh- in converting to and from another currency. Why would that create a, I mean, so then using Wasabi wallet creates a red flag. I mean, if anything, it's more of a red flag because Monero is private by default. So to implicate, well, so every, to implicate so everybody private. that's using Monero is one thing. But if you're in Bitcoin land, but then you're using some of these privacy tools, then the question becomes, well, why? Why not just use, why are you using Wasabi wallet? Why are you using coin mixers? I mean, that, that's a red flag. But moving no, into moving no, into no, a no, coin no, no. where it's no, private no, no, no. by default, everybody no. is now saying, "Hey, this is what we use." Whether or no, not, absolutely not, absolutely. We're not. Mother Teresa, or we're absolutely. a guy in the dark net market. If I'm converting my Bitcoin to Monero, there's only one reason for me to do that: is that I'm about to buy something shady. No, uh, that's however, that's... however, by implementing Wasabi Wallet, not only are you making your own Bitcoin more anonymous. You're making other people's Bitcoin more anonymous. So you're providing privacy and fungibility for everyone on the Bitcoin network by using these privacy tools, not just yourself.
Well, same could be said for Monero. Every time you make a Monero transaction, you're you're improving the privacy of Monero. Oh, no, I agree. But every uh, for every person that joins the Monero network, the more people are using Monero, the more uh, private private it becomes because more people are using Monero. My view is that less and less people will use Monero over time because they will have tools to get their Bitcoin transactions to be private. So the number of Monero users will decrease, making Monero less and less private because it has very few users. Right, but I think those tools are more susceptible to government regulation than the protocol itself. Because it's gonna be very hard to regulate a protocol because at that point you're kind of contending with you know First Amendment rights, free speech, again, things again, like that. Debatable. If you check out Coin Center, their, their, their paper on digital cash, basically making arguments for why you can never essentially uh, regulate or uh, outlaw digital cash without crossing a lot of constitutional lines. So at that point, if, you, if you're going to mess with Monero and you're going to say Monero is illegal, then you're also throwing away Bitcoin. But I, I, I could definitely see how, how governments and regulators can go get, go after wallet providers, after mixers, after things whose sole purpose is for obfuscating and hiding yeah, no, money no, no, only for that purpose. No, that's not, look, um, I, I think that's a debatable argument because to me, uh, I view it from also from an economic perspective, right? I'm putting economics into it. My expectation that less people will use Monero and the value of Monero will go down against Bitcoin over time. That means Monero will have less and less developers. Monero will have less interest in building out new things. Monero will have a lot less people trying to promote Monero. And that means it will have a lot less core developers on Monero. And when you have very few core developers on Monero, it increases all kinds of attack vectors from those developers playing God with the protocol, from government saying, hey, um, you know what? We just did a one year uh, you know, operation. Uh, you don't know it exists. We have identified um, 12 Monero developers, and that is 12 Monero developers out of 15 Monero developers and tomorrow we're gonna arrest all 12 of them. And there goes your Monero, right? So th there's something to be said about the diversity and the decentralization of the developers. And that has to do with economics. Bitcoin has to continue to make them want to program for Bitcoin. So it, it's all dependent on economics. If Monero can grow, if Monero can keep going up in price, there will be more and more interest in developing for it. Ethereum had this, right? When Ethereum, you know, went from $3 to $1,600, there was an explosion of, uh, you know, Ethereum developers. Then Ethereum fell from $1,600 down to $86. Now it went up a little bit to like $250. What happens when Ethereum goes back to $3 per Ethereum? How many people do you think would be interested in Ethereum? And that's also how Ethereum dies. And this is why it's so important for your cryptocurrency to be a store of value that continues to appreciate in price because it keeps the developers there. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I think that's that's just a problem that Bitcoin has as well. And I think I think Monero is over, you know, it's certainly it's following in Bitcoin's footsteps in terms of its growth, in terms of its growth of developers, it's it's decentralized. I mean, I just came back from MoneroCon, which was in Denver. It was a Monero only conference. Uh there was no, there was not even a word about price. Uh, kind of a lot different than you know some of these other how many, communities. How many people were there? 
there are, I guess, about 150 people there. Um, it was very much focused on actual research and development, uh, talking about you know cryptography and kind of the the developments that are happening in Monero in terms of cryptography, how things are improving in terms of scalability and the ability to be more private. Um, Andrew Polster was there. Um, you know, so I mean, it's not, you know, Bitcoin isn't, like I said, it's not being developed by Fluffy Pony. In fact, he's basically not developing at all uh, anymore. Uh, most of the, uh, a, a large percentage of the major contributors are anonymous. So to even shut it down would, would kind of be impossible compared to, you know, I, I think most of the Bitcoin developers are, are actually on the radar. So, I mean, the argument of decentralization, I think they're, they're kind of both there in terms of developers. Um, and, you know, decentralization is something that comes with time. I mean, Bitcoin started with one guy called Satoshi Nakamoto sending a transaction to, to Hal Finney. And we've obviously come a long way since then. Bitcoin, uh, Monero is following a similar trajectory. Uh, it's becoming more decentralized as time goes on. More people are getting involved in it. And then the other thing, too, is the decentralization of the miners, and, and which we haven't even gotten into. But that's another another thing that Monero has focused on. I don't know if we want to talk about that before we before we call this, because I um, think that's I another. Gonna, I'm going to go to another topic. I know Monero sure. is like anti ASICs, which yeah. I think is a bad idea. Um, I think like, why are you stopping the latest technology? Yeah, so uh, I think ultimately the community uh, realizes that you can't fight a rising tide and they're, they're not trying to necessarily do that, but they're trying to stymie it as long as they can for the purposes of ensuring decentralization. Um, you know, theoretically, a kid in Venezuela can plug a computer in and mine Monero and obtain Monero. And that's kind of uh, living up to the ideals, once again, of what this stuff's supposed to be. He can't go mine Bitcoin because he doesn't have access to an ASIC. He just can't do it. So the idea is to stick to the goal of one CPU, one vote, which Satoshi himself tried to achieve. Uh, that was kind of you know the, the goal of Bitcoin as well. And Monero is trying to live up to that. And it's developing. It's not just doing it through uh, politics and, and forking. It's doing it by developing it technology and changing its protocol so it maintains that feature. And it's going to try to do it up for as long as it possibly can to the point where essentially having an ASIC is no longer an advantage. So ASICs become as you know widespread as computers themselves. That's kind of where where Monero is at in those terms. So, so the last topic I wanted to cover, because I actually do have to get going, is... Um you know, the traditional financial sector. Now, I'm not saying this is a good thing or a bad thing, but um, acceptance from the traditional finance, I mean, Bitcoin uh, is uh, Fidelity is getting in, backed. I know I make fun of a lot of these projects, but at the end of the day, the CME futures, um, all these things is acceptance by the traditional finance community. Uh, and that has also led to a nice appreciation in the price of Bitcoin. Uh, how do you see Monero playing with the, now you can say that we don't need Wall Street and they're all crooks and they shouldn't be involved in this, uh, but the majority of the people in Bitcoin see it a different way. Like how does Monero infiltrate the traditional finance market? Uh, similar to the way Bitcoin has, right? So Bitcoin will be the bridge. It's kind of, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's leading the way. Uh, it's, it's, it's great. It's kind of, um, uh, you know, 
it's opening the door, right? So it's going to be the bridge that funnels in this money uh, into the crypto world. But once it's in there, then it could it could very easily move over into Monero. So I mean, let let Bitcoin be be the big brother that goes out and becomes that that pipe that connects the traditional finance world into crypto. But once all that fiat's pumped into 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 crypto, it could very easily move over into Monero right, using now, exchanges, now, decentralized exchanges. But you're, well, you're describing a world where Bitcoin is king and Monero is second. In a world where Monero takes over Bitcoin, that means Wall Street was wrong why do you think they're going to adopt another cryptocurrency after having a Bitcoin egg in their face like this? Well, I'm describing a world where I think it's just the natural progression of things, just like AOL was the gateway to the Internet and nobody really uses AOL anymore to get on the Internet. So once everybody ports over into the crypto world, uh, it's it's kind of anything could happen at that point. And whether or not uh, and your kind of your argument as to, well, everybody making the wrong bet and then Bitcoin failing, like we said, I mean, that's not going to happen overnight. A lot of those guys will, I'm sure, hedge into other things, including Monero, and they'll do quite well with that. All right. I think we can leave it here. Uh... All right. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. You've been uh, completely genuine and honest, as always, with all your answers. Um, I, I, I honestly do have a lot of respect for you and think you're doing great things. Um, continue to attack Monero if you, if you must, but I, I wish you could just be, maybe just be a little bit more credible when you attack it and not, like I said, not compare it to the Venezuelan, uh, you know, Petro or, or not say that Monero is completely useless when obviously it's being used today on like the dark markets where things like that. So I've just... I would just ask you to try to be a little bit more I'll try. Uh, respectful of Monero, considering it's trying to be on the edge of this stuff and 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 do what what all of this stuff was meant to do, whether or not it succeeds and ultimately fails. It's kind of like the Marines of crypto out there and trying to live up to the ideals with its technology. I will do my best. Uh, but on the flip side, I need you to find out what average bitcoin to monero price you got in your life savings conversion and keep an eye on that over time i'm just i'm not i'm not gonna do that to myself and i and <laughs> honestly my, obviously my, my my uh hypothesis is that it's gonna go up against bitcoin like i i i just don't see how fungibility and privacy is only going to be oh, worth yeah, we, didn't, we actually didn't have time to get into scaling which i'm not sure monero can pull off uh maybe we'll save that for next discussion yeah, we'll say that. For, but I guess my last question is too: you're attributing only, uh, you you only think the value of fungibility is somewhere near one percent of, of of Bitcoin or less or or nothing really, because ultimately you think Monero is going to zero. You don't you don't think there's any value there in the long run. So Bitcoin takes over. It's not fungible at the core protocol level. You have this other thing that's really mimicking digital gold. What value do you attribute that, and why is it so small? If, if the I goal think here is that, digital gold. I think that second layer privacy on Bitcoin will be 98% as good as Monero's privacy uh, at the protocol level. And you, because you can't hard fork Bitcoin, it'll have to do. Okay. And then at that point, you think that makes Monero irrelevant, even though it's... Correct. Okay. It'll, be, right. it'll be too annoying and people wouldn't want to convert into Monero, not to mention um, if Monero was only used, 
for the darknet purposes, uh, no traditional regulated institutions will let you convert into it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why it would only be used for that. It's I think anybody that would want to store their wealth and not have it be unconfiscatable and you know wants to keep it in a black box, which isn't just you know nefarious people. It's just uh, people that are uh, want to live in an open. Right, but society. now we're back to the store of value property. Like, right, which which I disagree with you there. I think it's it's just as uh, capable of becoming a store of value, if not more, than Bitcoin, given that it it, it mimics digital gold. Well, we will, I will keep an eye, and I will keep an eye on the price of Monero to see if that's happening. All right, man. Thank you. Thanks again. Hopefully, we could talk again in the future. Uh, good luck with everything. Cool. Thanks, man. Talk Thank to you, you soon. Tom. Have a good one. Thank you.